0: Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jamison Olive and Doug Plagans. Hey everybody, welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans, Jamison Olive here with you as always, and also as always, a busy and eventful episode of Territory Talk on tap for you here today. We will be joined in just a few moments by Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press, one of our favorite associates in the press I think I put an S at the end of a word that didn't need to have an S at the end of it there. But That's how excited at, we are. Uh, yeah, we're just so excited for another episode of Timmatory Talk here on Territory Talk, one of our favorite shows within the show. He's going to be stopping by in just a little bit to talk all things Florida Panthers with us. Also, the Panthers out west. They started up their West Coast swing with a shootout loss to the Los Angeles Kings. And then they picked up a win over the San Jose Sharks in overtime. So three out of four points to start up that West Coast swing. As we mentioned, the proper terminology, folks, seven consecutive road games. That's what the Panthers are in the middle of right now. It's broken up into two separate road trips. We'll be talking about uh, the road trip here in just a moment. We will have the predictions coming up a little bit later on as well after we talk to Tim Reynolds. Jameson and I, well, neither of us picked up points last week, so we are still... But the Panthers did. What's the score for us, Jameson? It's 10-10 right now. 10-10. So, yeah, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, and uh, we will be talking about that a we're little bit We're about team success on, well. on the show, not yes, individual we success. Yep, uh, more selfless, team success. Selfless guys here. We, we, we will talk about the but, but as I do really want to meet Jameson Olive in the uh, prediction game. It's been a long... What do we have on, riding on the prediction game? Isn't it like Taco Bell or something?
1: Yeah, it's to be like Taco
0: Bell. Yeah, that's probably going to be what the winner. Which for us is a pretty big thing. It so. is a big thing. It's a... It's a you can't get out of Taco Bell for five bucks anymore. <laughs> No, it's like ten bucks now. The <laughs> but, taco, the taco economy's gotten out of hand. Nah, that's uh, that's on our on our economics podcast. We'll be getting to that later on, uh, territory economic talk. But right now, we will talk about the Florida Panthers and Jameson. The Panthers started off the road trip. Played a a pesky L.A. Kings team, and I think even calling them pesky, that might not be the proper terminology for this Kings group because they look like they're going to be in the playoffs, uh, the way they're playing and the way they're keeping it together. Injuries might be the only thing that could stop them, but uh, right now they look like they're doing everything they can to keep that playoff spot, and that's going to be a theme here on this trip. The Panthers played San Jose. That's a team that I don't consider to be in the playoff mix. But coming up, they're going to have Vegas fighting for their lives. First time in the history of that franchise that the Vegas Golden Knights are on the bubble fighting for their playoff lives at this point in the year. So the Panthers will have a desperate Vegas team. They're going to have a desperate Anaheim team coming up at the end of the week as well. So they're going to be playing playoff tight games on this trip. And the Panthers, they've gotten a little taste of it, uh, playing some close ones here in the first couple games of the trip. Yeah, looking at the
1: Kings games first I thought that uh, was a good lesson there for the Panthers um, obviously a, a, a tough thing there with Jonathan Huberto not getting the call um, based on the Twitter the replies I got to the clip I posted of it I'd say maybe 60 40 or 70 30 thought it was you know a pretty obvious trip the other 30 you know say let him play so uh, however you look at it Huberto could have got hurt there so that's that's a scary moment but uh, you look at how you know the reaction then the Panthers go down the other end you know they get fired up they take a penalty Um You know, Andrew Burnett said after the game he understood why they were fired up, why, you know, something like that could happen. You know, he he likes to say they're only human, which I I love that from him, but it's a good lesson to keep your cool. You know, it's going to happen in the playoffs. We saw last year with Tampa, things got really heated. So things are only going to get more heated come playoff time. And I think it's a good lesson for the Panthers to learn that, you know, calls aren't going to go your way, bad things are going to happen. Just do your best to, to, to stay, you know, level headed and focused because it is tough. I can only imagine, especially that late in a, an intense game. Like you said, it was a close game. It was, you know, already like 58 minutes in the books. You know, adrenaline, you're all adrenaline at that point. So, uh, some lessons there for the Panthers, but still picking up a point to start a trip with a lot of travel and kind of a weird uh, transition there, going all the way to the West Coast to kick, kick off a big trip. But uh, the game in San Jose, I, I love the game in San Jose. Um, but once again, a really weird kind of middle frame there, uh, a, a lot of penalties. But after that, I mean, they. They just never let go of the puck in the third period in overtime. They were just dominant in the possession game. And, you know, start to finish, they were dominant at 5-on-5 five five in the possession game. The only reason the Sharks were in that game was because they got a ton of power play. So uh, a couple more individual things we'll get to from that game. But, Doug, just your thoughts specifically on that Sharks game as a whole.
0: As far as the Sharks game goes, and I told Billy Lindsay this, uh, after the second period uh, against the Sharks, when the Panthers got out of that second period down just a goal, They had them right where they wanted them at that point because the Sharks had, especially looking at those chances Tomas Hertel had there late in the second period, missed two open nets. The Sharks had opportunities to be up 4-1 at that point in time with their power plays, with their scoring chances. Timo Meyer had a partial breakaway, I believe, in the first period that he didn't capitalize on. The Sharks had a chance to be up two or three goals, and they weren't able to capitalize on that opportunity. When the Panthers got into the second intermission down just a goal, I think they had the Sharks exactly where they wanted them at that point in time, because the Panthers managed to be down a goal with the Sharks really getting all the breaks up to that point. And the Panthers hadn't really gotten their footing, hadn't really gotten the traction they were looking for through 40 minutes. And the Panthers don't need a ton of time to overcome a one goal deficit. No, And they ended up uh, winning that game in, uh, in uh, overtime on a goal from Franklin, the Tanklin. So I think you look at that one being down a goal after two that at that point, the Sharks knew that they had missed a major opportunity and the Panthers were going to win that game. The Panthers might give some teams an opportunity to take control. Like you
1: said, each game, but it's a small window. And if you don't take it, the Panthers, the Panthers are going to be the better team for, 60-70% of every game they And the play.
0: Panthers won that game in my opinion at the end of the at the end of the game then I, I said to Billy they won at the end of the game? <laughs> yeah, well they won at the end of the game. That's a, that's usually how it goes. But I told Billy Lindsay when we got off the air I said, you know, this was after the second after when I told him at the second period I said the Panthers had them right where they wanted them at the end of the game. The Panthers won because they were the better hockey team. The better team just happened to win out in that game. The more talented team happened to win out and they outlasted the San Jose Sharks. So I thought that was just a matter of the Sharks not capitalizing on, as you said, a small window. They had chances. They could have been up a couple. They weren't. The Panthers won the game.
1: And just going through a couple, you know, guys that deserve a stick tap. Spencer Knight, just uh, great in net there. Uh, gave up that first one on the power play. Of course, Gustav Forsling was unable to walk in front of him, so that was basically a five on three. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, you know, gave up another one later. You know, that... Uh, A lesser goaltender might have crumbled after that goal and said, you know, oh, you know, this is all coming undone. But he got better after that second goal. He gave up, and he was just spectacular. Didn't allow a goal, you know, for the final, you know, Two, two periods in overtime. Um, just was great. 10 for 11 on high danger chances. Just really good in high pressure situations. And, you know, especially that, that five on three PK there, just some huge saves, that sprawling save on Nick Bonino. So just another really, really encouraging great start from Spencer Knight, who's just, you know, only 20 years old. And here he is stringing together. I think that's five or six great starts in a row now for him. So uh, really coming online, Spencer. Love to see that. Um, Gustav Orsling, you know, after the game, Frank Vitrano said, Warrior, you know, for him to basically have his knee get exploded there on a block shot and then come back into the game. And a game where, you know, he definitely was was hurt after that. He definitely was feeling banged up. But for the Panthers and for specifically Gustav to not say, you know what, this is just a random game in March. I'm, I'm bruised up. I'm just not coming back in. For him to want to come back in and play through that pain um, was incredible. And then there he is, end of the game, assisting on Frank Petrano's Game-winning goal right there, so that was just incredible to see, and really just shows you how tough this team is. You know, obviously, you look at a guy like Radko Gudas; you know he's a tough guy. He looks like a tough guy. Gustav Forsling. When people talk about him, they say, "Oh, you know, smooth skater, offensively gifted." No, he's also tough as nails, and every guy on that team is. And then,
0: yeah, it's a team with a lot with a, with a great culture that's in place. And Spencer Knight rebound. he, he was able to put that goal that. Nicholas Milosz scored behind him, where it was basically him and the shooter beat him under the arm. Stuff like that happens, but it shows you just how mentally strong he is for a 20-year-old, that he was able to have one sneak by him and then just slam the door the rest of the way. I thought that said a lot about Spencer Knight, who has been outstanding now uh, in two straight games, and it was good to see him get the W in that game against San Jose. And then Gus Forsling, when... First of all, and I I know the rule, I was sort of surprised the whistle didn't blow when he couldn't get up. There's a gray area there where the officials determine if a player is in, as Billy Lindsay put it on the air, if if a player's in some sort of noticeable danger. He couldn't walk. And he couldn't get up. (laughs) And I know, like I said, I know the rule if the shoe was on the other foot and the Panthers were the team in the offensive end and a player on the opposition couldn't get up, and the whistle did blow. I could see you'd have a beef with that too. So I get where there's. Gray but then you go back area. to like
1: Gregory Campbell in the playoffs. They, they seem to always let the guys with the lower body stuff just play through it and say that's hockey. So I, th- yeah, I get where they. I get where they didn't blow the I whistle. I see there.
0: why. Like I said, I see why they didn't. In there, there might be officials that would have. Uh, There is a bit of a gray area there, but uh, I do understand why they didn't. But
1: if Gus maybe would have just stayed on the ice and milked it and then maybe they would have blown it. But he's not that guy. He was hobbling around on one foot, flailing a stick around trying to play defense. As As soon as as he he tried to get
0: back to his feet, as soon as he got to one knee, that was where any chance of the whistle blowing was gone at that point in time. But so it essentially did become a, a five on three. But after that happened, I thought the same thing when he came out of the tunnel. And WWE when, style, yes, I loved it. <laughs> when he went back to the bench, I'm thinking, okay, if Gus Forsling, if all they get out of him the rest of the way is he attempts to take one shift in this game, that's something the team can rally around. I was thinking if even if he never stepped back on the ice and just got back to the bench and said, No, I'm keeping the gear on, I'm gonna try to loosen up and see if I can get this thing to work, if all he did was go back to the bench, that was something to rally around. And to to see him factor into the game-winning goal was uh, the Hollywood script and... As far as Hollywood scripts are concerned, the Panthers got the win for Joe Thornton on a, a special night for him returning to San Jose. Yeah, great so, great reception. They rolled again, out the red carpet yeah, for him. Everything, uh, everything that needed to happen in that game did. The Panthers got the win over the Sharks. But one last thing I'll say about Gus is you, you also got to remember that, you know,
1: the guy behind the bench for him, his defensive coach is Ulf Samuelson, a pretty tough Swede. So you got to think he also wanted to show Ulf that he's a pretty tough guy as well. So uh, you, you just love to see that. So, you know, the Warrior of the Week goes to Gus Forsling here on Territory Talk.
0: Gus Forsling uh, picking up an assist on that game-winning goal. So, again, it was an eventful one in San Jose. Fun for the whole family there. And now the rest of the road trip lines up like this. Tomorrow, because we're recording this on a Wednesday, tomorrow at 10.30 Eastern, another 10.30 Eastern start. So we'll be uh, up really late tomorrow night. Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights. That's going to be tomorrow, and it's going to be the most desperate that we've ever seen the Vegas Golden Knights in the history of their franchise. So we'll see how (laughs) they look. Yeah. The, uh, the lengthy history of the Vegas Golden Knights that goes all the way back to uh, 2017. So that's what uh, we'll be seeing tomorrow night. Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights. And then, the Panthers will be in Orange County to take on the Anaheim Ducks at 10 Eastern on Friday. A little pause in the schedule after that. Five straight nights without a game. Good chance for the Panthers to recuperate after the Western swing. And That's going to be back on the road for uh, another three-game trip before they return to FLA Live Arena. Coming up on the 29th of this month against the Montreal Canadiens. Ticketmaster.com, FloridaPanthers.com, 954-835-PUCK. On your cellular phone, your touchtone phone, your rotary phone, whatever you make your calls on and uh, you can get your tickets because you don't want to miss this Panthers team in person and uh, they'll have been on the road for a while so on the 29th you want to come out and see them play that's what's coming up for the Panthers coming up here on Territory Talk we will have the prediction game coming up in just a little bit I want to remind you that Territory Talk as always is presented by Baptist Health the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers now let's get into our featured guest conversation this week on Territory Talk joining us from the Associated Press he is Tim Reynolds all right, Tim Reynolds, Associated Press. Thanks
1: so much for joining us, Tim. I got to start with this. I'm looking at Twitter. I'm looking at your Twitter account. Last night, 12:39 a.m., you tweeted the freaking Panthers, man. So you clearly stayed up for the game last night. So I got to give you a stick tap there. But just what was going on last night? Did that wake you up? Of course, with that crazy overtime winner. Uh,
2: the overtime winner. It, it. I woke up in time. I dozed off a little. <laughs> can't I can't blame stress. you after coming home from. The, I came home from the Heat game. And dozed off a little. You know what I should have done? I should have listened to the radio broadcast. That would have kept me awake. That that would have done it. The, the energy from the radio broadcast would have kept me awake. But and, and the worst part about the tweet, Coop, if you saw it, was somebody thought I was breaking like Deshaun Watson news to the Carolina <laughs> Panthers. I'm like, who cares about who cares about the National Football League? We're playing for the cup. Like who cares about the National Football League right now? This is the best. We're, we're right there. We're on the precipice of the absolute best time of the year and by the way it's still a really good hockey team and that that interests me far more than what's going on in 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 the nfl and honestly just about any other league right now too i have to confess
0: and tim going back to that game against the san jose sharks and we discussed it jameson and i did as well but In that game, going into the third period, it felt like one of those games the Panthers just hadn't totally gotten their footing yet, but they still managed to be down just a goal, even though San Jose had the bulk of the opportunities and the power play chances early. And in a way, does that speak to, I guess, the bigger picture with this team? Because over the course of the year, I think all of us have seen, even when this Panthers team gets down in a game, you just feel like they're going to overcome whatever deficit it is and come out with the two points, whether they do it in regulation, overtime, shootout, however they're going to do it. You just feel like this team always has what it's going to take to win a game. At what point do you think that mindset, that belief took hold? Because it feels like the players feel that way as well.
2: I you know, I, I wonder, Dougie, if we take it for granted. Like seriously. Like I know the play, I mean the players just have that that unbelievable resolve. Like you see it, this unbelievable confidence that, okay, how much time's left? Fine, no problem. Like they just—they know they're going to win, and and if they don't win, they know they're going to come back tomorrow and win. Like I mean, they're what eleven six and two after a loss. Now, they just look at what this we 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 are we are grossly missing the point about this Panther season. It could have gone bad eight games in, and it didn't. It could have gone bad, you know, that they lose three in a row, whatever. It, it could have gone bad a bunch of times, and it hasn't. It never has even come remotely near the rails, much less going off the rails. And that's because of the confidence that this group has. They, The, the thing that we can talk for an hour and a half about, how great Jonathan Huberdeau has been, about how great Aaron Eckblad has been, about the job that Andrew Burnett has done, about how, you know, Sergey Bobrovsky is Sergey Bobrovsky again. We can talk all day about that. The thing that I think we're all missing is watch these guys after a win. Watch the way they act with one another coming off the ice. That's real. Like, nobody wants to be the first guy down the tunnel. Like, they they truly enjoy one another They play for one another. And if you don't know what that term means, watch the Florida Panthers and you figure it out. There's just a a very cool, calm, collected air to this group. And it's going to help them because they will face adversity when you get into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Of course you're going to face adversity. You're going to be facing – I mean, the East playoffs are going to be an absolute war. The East playoffs are going to be bloody. You're going to face tremendous adversity you don't get through adversity without the ability to play hard for one another and really care about the guy who's skating next to you. And this team has that. And that's why you're seeing these comebacks happen. They don't care who does it. They just care as long as, it, as long as it gets done. 60 games in, as we sit here and talk right now, they're on pace for 120 points. 120. Club records, 103. You know how many teams have gotten to 120 in NHL history? 10. 10. Ten! That's it! Ten! It's not bad. This is incredibly special, and it you don't just do it on talent. You have to do it with talent and culture, and the Panthers have a lot of both right now.
0: And, Tim, when this season, when the regular season is over with, it'll have been 75 games with Andrew Brunette as the bench boss and in looking at him, because Tim, over time, you've, you've covered a lot of head coaches. You've talked with a lot of head coaches across a lot of different sports and some iconic ones. Andrew Burnett will have 75 games behind the bench in the regular season. Came in under, under tough circumstances, and to say the least. And as far as I'm concerned, he's already done enough to be among the Jack Adams finalists when this thing's all said and done. And Tim, whether it's the way he manages the bench, whether it's the way he addresses the media, the way that he's in touch with his players, I mean, you can tell that he's a guy that just retired uh, you know about uh, 10 or so years ago the way that he seems to have his you know finger on the pulse of the bench the little things he does like putting Mason Marchment uh, out there to start in San Jose I know it was Joe Thornton's big night and he was in the starting lineup too but Mason Marchmont, his dad played there uh, you know he grew up a little bit there putting Patrick Hornquist out to take the opening face off in Pittsburgh players, players that recognize so that cool. kind of stuff uh, as far as Andrew Burnett, what you've noticed from him behind the bench, what's impressed you the most from him?
2: Um, calm in the eye of the storm. Uh, that, that's, the, that, that's the first thing. Um, he never seemed overwhelmed by this. In fact, the only thing he ever really seemed to not like enjoy was talking to us more for the first few games. He's warmed, <laughs> up. He's warmed up. He's warmed up to that a little I mean think about it. Usually a coaching usually a coaching change comes after after a bad season, right? You get to April, you you're not very good, you fire the coach, you hire the new coach in May. Um he's got four or five months to figure out what do I have? Who's my staff? How am I going to do this? What am I going to do for camp? These sort of things. Andrew Burnett had like 17 minutes to figure out how to be a head coach of this team. Didn't miss a beat. Um he he should be a Jack Adams finalist. Um, I, I am impatiently waiting for the interim tag to come off. I mean, I, I keep forgetting to use the. I keep forgetting it's there because, you know, he he's not the interim. He's the head coach of this team. He's earned that right. He's earned that distinction. You can tell, again, players aren't going to be happy coming to the rink every day unless everything go- is going unless everything's going right, unless, unless it's a true professional atmosphere, you can't just have the good guys buy in. You can't just have you know your, 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 your third line guys, your grit guys. You can't just have your tough guys buy in. It's got to be everybody. Bruno relates to every guy in that locker room. Bruno, something that I think kind of went under the radar in the last week or two, Russia invades Ukraine, obviously. That's dominating the world. We all know the reality of that story. And we just happen to have on this border Panthers hockey team, a starting goaltender who hails from what used to be called the Soviet Union. And Bruno, very quietly one night, I think it was, I can't remember if it was I asked it or Coop asked it. I can't remember. Uh, Somebody yeah, it was you, yeah. I remember I forget said, what game that was. Yeah, I but... asked, Bru- Bruno said, I checked on Bob every day. Just it didn't make a big deal of it. Didn't, didn't, you know, it was just kind of a matter of fact. They talk every day to make sure that Bob's doing okay with what's going on in his native part of the world. It's those little things that make a great coach. The the the, the little moments H- having 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 Hornquist take that opening face off between you know between Bruno and Barkey, you know, g- giving him that giving him that honor for that night. Uh starting Joe in San Jose. Um you know making sure that he got his moments from, from that crowd. Th- they all matter. And and he's coaching I, I guess the way to sum it up would be he never coached to get the job. He coached to get the job done. And and I think, you know, you, you can't BS a hockey player. A hockey player knows if you're either with them or not. He won that team over, I think, right away. He It was never about him. It was never, I'm going to get this job. I'm going to lead. I'm going to do this. It was largely a continuation of what Q put in place. He's put his own touches on it he's put his own he's he put his own thumbprint on a lot of things and these guys believe in him that you you got to have that in the panthers habit and Tim, last one for me, going
1: from you know one of the architects to another architect. The, the biggest guy at the top, Bill Zito. Uh, the NHL trade deadline's coming up on Monday. Um, and the funnest thing right now for me is just to look in Twitter and see what people are trying to predict Bill's going to do. But I really think Bill is unpredictable. When you look at the moves he did, no one had the Panthers trading for Brandon Montour and Sam Bennett. You know, Go back farther. No one had the Panthers trading for Patrick Hornquist. No one had the Panthers signing a guy like Carter for I mean, Bill always just finds these gems. He finds these guys. And he is someone you really can't predict. But we have fun trying to do that but just how excited are you to watch bill and his genius staff of people here just cook you know over the next couple days as the trade deadline approaches because obviously a, a lot of eyes right now on the panthers and what they're going to do
2: yeah it first off it helps to have a hockey team where basically everybody in the front office is like an ivy league guy i mean <laughs> i hurt. think that's that it's it's that's i think i think it helps generally by and large i think i think it helps you. Um you know Andy Ellisberg, the longtime GM of the Heat, has has kind of a saying. And, and sometimes, sometimes things leak, and sometimes they don't. But more often than not, the trades are the, the trades that happen are the trades you don't hear a lot about. Um, it, it's going to be it's going to be a really interesting few days. I mean, look, Florida's right now what second in the NHL in points behind Colorado? Yep. Look at look at what's behind Florida. It's like seven teams from the East immediately behind them. Like you can argue right now, like eight of the best teams in the NHL are in the East and they're all looking to do something. You know, Carolina is going to add a piece. Tampa Bay looks to be at the the rumors. They're going to add, you know, a a defenseman or trying to. I guess everybody always does this time of year. (laughs) It's what everyone wants. You know, who gets involved with Marc-Andre Fleury? Um, What are the Rangers going to do? What's Pittsburgh going to do? So Bill not only has to worry about his own team, what can I do to make this team better, if anything? What do I have to do? What do I want to do? What's available? What makes sense both today and down the line for the Florida Panthers? Then you're in this weird place where all of the contenders for the Cup, except Colorado, are in the East. And here's what's scary. These, there, there's eight teams with like 76 or more points right now in the Eastern Conference. Only four of them are going to the second round like some the first round is going to be like I said before, the first round is going to be so brutal. So you've got to keep an eye on what the other guy's doing. You've got to really root out the smoke screens because nobody's going to be honest. All these GMs talk. No one's going to really be honest with anybody right now. You know, the whole world before he gets traded, the whole world is going to be reported to be in on Ben Sherat, Everybody's going to be in on him. Everybody's going to be in on Claude Giroux after he gets his thousands game. Like, It's going to be. You were right to point out, like the Bennett stuff, like Bill runs silent, and Bill finds the right piece, and I'm I would bet that they will do something. Like I'm, I think we all know that they're desperately trying. I have to wonder if the guy that they add this weekend or Monday, whenever it is, is a guy that hasn't hit the radar yet, because that's how good Bill is. They don't need a superstar. If they go out and get one, great. If they they don't, he knows exactly what they need. But I think Bill Bill and that think tank of Ivy League guys in that front office, they know how to root out what's real and what's fake as far as all the other rumors, what agents are saying, what other GMs are saying. The bottom line is don't, don't lose sight of this. You look around the NHL right now why would anybody who can control their destiny or kind of urge a team to trade me to X, Y, or Z, why would they not come to Florida? Why would they not come to this team? Look at this team. Look at the fun it has. Look at how good this room is. Look at a chance to play with Barkey and Doe and X, Y. I mean, who would pass that up? I think Bill is going to have options come to him and Bill will get to make the best choice. Not every team is going to have that opportunity, and that's why I think the Panthers are going to come away winners at the trade deadline. Whether it's a big name or a small name, it's going to be the right name. I think Bill's earned that trust.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing you look to as well, the, the names that have been circulated in the rumor mill, you know, for months now, you feel like as you get closer and closer to the deadline, the asking price on those guys goes up by the hour because there are multiple teams in on it and you get closer to the deadline and these are the names that have been out there. And Bill Zito's had an unbelievable ability to not overpay and not mortgage the future on any of these really shrewd, great moves that he's made. So uh, again, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, they juggle the deadline as it approaches Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press, kind enough to take some time out for us. You can find him on Twitter at ByTimReynolds. He's one of our favorite associates in the press with which to be associated. (laughs) Tim, we thank you very much for stopping by as always. And uh, I know we, uh, we can't wait to see you out at a game very, very soon.
2: Can, can we get the name of the segment, though, one more time? Can I just hear the new, the, the revised name of the segment with me? Can I it, just hear that?
0: Yeah, it's everyone's favorite show within the show, Timatory Talk, right here on Territory oh. Talk.
2: You like that? It, it warms the heart. It warms <laughs> my heart, boys. It warms my heart. You warm our hearts, We're,
0: Tim Reynolds of the Associated Press. Tim, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for stopping by.
2: Boys, take care. I'll see you at FLA Live Arena very soon.
0: Big thanks, Tim Reynolds, for joining us here on this week's edition of Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Panthers, presented, as always, by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Tim Reynolds of the Associated Press, one of our favorite associates in the press to be associated with. Always great to hear from him. and. The guy is the best way to describe it. We've always said he just has his finger on the pulse of everything, and it's just great to get his thoughts on where this yeah, team stands just, at this time of the year. Great to catch up with Tim Reynolds.
1: Just such a passionate guy, too, especially about the Panthers. So he's a guy that definitely when you hear him talk and you close your eyes, you can kind of see the see the Stanley Cup parade and see the future, and he just uh, tells it uh, the story in such a great way, and that's just why he's a storyteller. It's why he works for the AP. So uh, you talk about there's so many people that – you know, you'd be happy for if the Panthers do, you know, win. And I think we're two of those people. And, you know, George Richards, but Tim Reynolds is definitely one of them as well, guys that have been here for a long time covering this team through a lot of dark years that are now really enjoying covering, you know, one of the best teams in hockey.
0: Yeah, you've seen the ups and downs, as they say. And we've also seen speaking the speaking of ups and ups downs ups and downs in the prediction game. Uh we've seen where I had a great start and then just kind of fell off the map for a yeah, bit. Yeah, lost it there. Lost my mojo for a bit. But now we're back. We're tied. 10-10 is the score. There were no points gathered nope. over the last week. We, so. we followed up our most successful week ever with our just a, a no point week. So. Yeah. Uh, point, we got, uh, we got I'd say James and you and I were pointless. I'd yeah. say we were both pointless <laughs> we're more po- ways than one. We're pointless. People, just yes. pointless. <laughs> yeah, absolutely pointless. <laughs> so now we go ahead to the next week of games and there's only two games and they're both way out West and they're back to back. So we've got the Vegas game coming up Thursday. That's tomorrow recording this on a Wednesday, 1030 Eastern and then 10 Eastern in Anaheim Friday night. After that, the Panthers don't play again until after the next edition of territory talk. So, just a two-game sample size. What are you thinking? Do you want to start this week? I'll start this week. I got one in mind. I'm
1: going to go first time they face each other ever. Sam Reinhart, Jack Eichel, former Sabres teammates, former line mates for a long time there in Buffalo. Sam Reinhart's going to have more points than Jack Eichel in that game. And I'm only going to say that's one point with how they're both playing right now. One point. So you've got? Sam Reinhart finishes with more points than Sam Jack Reinhardt Eichel. Sam
0: outscores Jack Eichel. In the Panthers-Vegas game. All right. One point. That's only one point in my book. Yeah, you're... you're Okay, so basically what you're picking there, you're almost picking the win. Picking the winner of the game. If the Panthers win the game, there's probably... The way Sam Reinhart's about a point-a-game guy, if the Panthers win the game, he's probably going to have a point or two. Probably a good chance Jack going to have none. Yeah. Or one. Yeah. All right. So, two-game sample size. Going out west, I am going to say... Carter Hage scores a goal for one point. Yeah, we'll take, we'll take one point for that. Yep. All right. I like how you and I both are keeping it pretty simple this week. Yeah, we, we swung and missed last week. Yeah. So Getting a little nervous now. Just running going, out of games here. Yeah, we're running out of runway, and uh, we'll see what we come up with at the end. What do we do if we tie? we tie then Gina for marketing buys us both Taco Bell Re- really yes does she know about this no let's get her back on all right well <laughs> uh we'll have to or we just go to Taco Bell send over an invoice yeah and in, bill it to marketing yep <laughs> <laughs> Expensive, expense Taco Bell. What's the what's this uh what's this charge for seventeen dollars and sixty three cents at Taco Bell?
1: Well, no, you, with how expensive Taco Bell is now, that'd be like twenty three dollars, yeah, like twenty three dollars or so. Would, that would maybe get that would show up on the radar. We couldn't c- we couldn't sneak that one in. Cinnamon
0: twist might have might be twenty five bucks. <laughs> Big thanks, Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press for stopping by. Big thanks to all of you for tuning in and sticking it out with us here in another episode of Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers presented, as always, by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. New material each and every Wednesday from us wherever you find your favorite podcast iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you tune in. FloridaPanthers.com slash Territory Talk, I think, is a good starting point. You can go there. You can even download the episode and listen to it whenever you want. So lots of different things you can do with uh, Territory Talk. We just invite you to listen every week, and we thank you very much for listening, whether this was your first time or your 200th time listening to Territory Talk. Thank you very much for being on board with us. Again, big thanks, Tim Reynolds. Big thanks, all of you, for tuning in. For Jameson Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. We'll talk to you next week. This has been Territory Talk.
1: Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida
0: Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.